Let's do this. And why is overheating or sweating too much bad? It's more just because that's when the baby's organs are developing. Because we're fueling our baby, we need to fuel ourselves. Like it's never too late to start exercising or to moving more or to be eating better. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to On Point. I'm your host, Taylor Burke, and today we have international health and fitness educator. Above being so knowledgeable in that, she specializes in exercise and nutrition for expecting mothers. And guess what? If her accent doesn't give it away, she's all the way from Australia. Give it up for the one and only Brooke Turner. Hi, Brooke. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm really excited to be chatting today. And I'm so excited to be talking with you. There are so many people that can talk fitness this and fitness that, but there's so much misinformation for pre and post pregnancy. We're going to talk about how Brooke helps women take a healthy, active approach to long-time physical and mental well-being, how we need to break the stigma of not having to bounce back to pre-baby bod, how to stay motivated with an active lifestyle after giving birth. And Brooke also breaks it down by telling us four things that every pregnant woman needs to know about exercise. So let's not waste any time. Brooke, you've been in the industry for 13 years. I have, yes. So a long time, but I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So what drew you to the fitness industry? So from a really young age, I knew that I always wanted to be involved in health or fitness or sport. Growing up, I was really active. Mum and dad were great at getting us through all different sort of sports. But originally, I wanted to be an Olympic athlete and that didn't happen. But this is the next best thing. Oh my gosh, you did. What were you trying to go to the Olympics for? I wanted to go to the Olympics and be a 200 and 400 meter sprinter. But now I'm working with athletes of the world like mums, the athletes of everyday life. You started focusing on pregnancy and I guess womanhood. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit on that. Healthy active living has always been a lifestyle because I know how beneficial it is to be moving for your mental and physical well-being. And then when I embarked on my preconception journey to pregnancy six, seven years ago, I believe that every good coach needs a coach. Every doctor needs a doctor. Like every hairdresser goes to a different hairdresser to get their hair colored. Generally, you know, like you always need guidance or support or you always need someone who's that level above you so that you can continue to grow and so when I felt pregnant it was exciting it was emotional it was confusing it was how can I keep moving in a way that I enjoy which is CrossFit high intensity interval training circuit boot camp running style training modalities how can I keep moving that way that's going to be safe for me and safe for my baby and every resource that I came across it was very outdated and it wasn't empowering me to train in a way that I I was going to enjoy training through the rest of my pregnancy. So if I felt that way, then surely there's other women out there and they're not sure how. So I made it my mission to make these resources to educate and empower women and fitness professionals working with women for pregnancy. Because as you would know, if you don't enjoy the way you're exercising, you're not going to stick to it. So it's that enjoyable factor is, is huge. And I feel like that's a perfect segue to my next question, Brooke. Why is it so important for women who are pregnant and postpartum to still be active. So my number one thing would be moving for your mental health because when you're going through pregnancy, there's this roller coaster of hormones that bring with it emotions and bodies changing. So you're having to go through this whole journey of like self-acceptance of putting weight on and then your body changing and like, you know, financial situations might be changing, your relationship with your friends and your partner is changing. So it's really for that mental well-being. And then of course, it's going to bring with it the other benefits of reducing the risk of pregnancy-related conditions 
conditions, you know, uncontrolled hypertension, helping with gestational diabetes. You know, it's going to help to promote healthy weight progression throughout the pregnancy, greatly assisting for labour preparation and that postnatal recovery. But I think like the key piece of advice is that it's never too late to start moving. So whether you're like, you know, 13 weeks into your first pregnancy or whether you're 10 weeks away from having a baby, Mm. like it's never too late to start exercising or to moving more or to be eating better. That's so good to know that even though you might be in your nine months that it's not too late to start at least going on like a walk. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, you don't want to be going, okay, I'm going to start CrossFit or I'm going to go out. Totally. You know, pregnancy isn't the time to start new exercises, but... I always say there's no like black or white for pregnancy exercise. So it's not the new time to start new exercise, like maybe going and doing a, a hit dial class, but it is a great time to go, okay, well, I'm going to start a prenatal yoga or, you know, Pilates or mm-hmm. something like that. For me, my style of training, that's something I wouldn't typically do because I want to sweat and work hard and get my heart rate up. But during pregnancy, it gets to a point where that is actually a really great form of movement for me and my journey. But like you said, it, it is a really confusing time. There's so much out there on social media. So there's lots to consider. And I think it's just about having the right information so that you do feel educated and empowered and confident in your exercise choices because again depending on a woman's preconception journey if it's you know been 15 rounds of IVF they're going to be treating that pregnancy differently Mm. to someone who has conceived spontaneously I get that that might be a little bit more nurtured and more careful in that regard. Mm -hmm. Brooke is there like a correct weight to gain because I know some people gain very little weight while they're pregnant and some gain a lot. Sort of depends on your pre-pregnancy body weight so women who are typically of a lower BMI, body mass index, they may be encouraged to gain more weight to help support their pregnancy. Whereas women of a higher BMI, it might be recommended that they aim to gain less, but it can be anywhere between 11 to 18 kilos. And I always tell my clients and my trainers who have done my course that we don't want to focus on the scales. We want to focus on that healthy progression through the pregnancy. But yeah, generally the healthy weight range would be between like 11 to 18 kilos, but that's a really big, a really big range. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all dependent on their pre-pregnancy body mass index. Some women might be really sick during their pregnancy, so they're not actually eating. And Mm. some women might lose weight. So yeah, it's it's very individual. And having gone three pregnancies, my advice would be try not to focus on the scales because I was weighing myself every week in my first pregnancy, more so out of interest. And I'm from that scientific background and want to know numbers. Go go off the feeling, eat well, move, move your body and you'll be fine. Get ready to level up your business game at Vergara's most momentous event of the year iconic we're dedicating a two-day event to you the entrepreneurs and independent professionals in the fitness industry who put in the work to make it happen every day tennis legend and business icon venus williams will be there sharing what it takes to push yourself and your business to new heights hear from other top tier professionals and lifestyle experts in the fitness industry take advantage of our free wellness classes win amazing prizes and treat yourself to our exclusive rooftop party it all goes down at Bespoke in beautiful San Francisco. Tickets on sale now at a special early bird price for a limited time only. Reserve yours at iconic.vogarl.com. Impact, inspire, and be seen at Iconic. Like I already told you, your website's amazing. Everyone needs to go look at it. It was so insightful. I mean, I've never been pregnant. I don't have kids yet. But even because I don't, I was still so fascinated with all the information that you had on your website. So it really had something for everyone. But on your website, you have a blog. But one thing I found so interesting was something that you wrote. And I'm going to read a little something. You said you talk about the four things that every pregnant woman needs to know about exercise. You said four things. The first one was the core body temperature. 
exercise intensity. And then the third one was some people want to keep it a secret, you know, until they're at least three months. But, you know, telling maybe the trainers or coaches or telling some people that like, I can't do everything I was doing before. And then number four, which I find so interesting, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say is the hormonal changes. Yeah, so those four ones are really pertinent to the first trimester. The first trimester is zero to 12 weeks. And with that, the first trimester carries with the biggest risk of miscarriage. So core body temperature and the baby's organ development are really important. And that, you know, overheating and, and our exercise intensity, if we can't maintain that as a risk of miscarriage through that baby's organ development through that trimester. So if you live in a really hot climate, we were talking offline about Nevada being hot, where I live in Australia, it's really warm climate here. So you need to think about where your training environments, are you training outdoors in the hottest part of the day? Or are you doing Bikram yoga? Or are you training in a gym where the trainer's like, oh, everyone's sweating today. I'm turning off the fans, turning off the air, and you're actually pregnant and you need to you know, help maintain your core body temperature. That has happened before. So it's really important to understand, try not to overheat. So you can still move with intensity, but you need to be mindful of what your core body temperature is doing and, and not go too hard too soon. And why is overheating or sweating too much bad? It's more just because that's when the baby's organs are developing. And I suppose our core body temperature, the more elevated that gets, the more at risk there is in terms of it impacting the development of the baby's organs. Baby's organs don't form during that stage, then that is what can trigger um, miscarriage. So, so it's really important. We can still sweat. We can still get a puff on, but it's just making sure that we're taking adequate rest periods, that you're training in a cooler part of the day, or you can set up your spin bike closer to the fan. So that sort of links into the exercise intensity, because obviously if we're working at really high intensity, we're going to be sweating a lot. So it's just about dialing it back down. So often in the first trimester, it's almost a blessing in disguise for those who are really ill with morning sickness, because that forces them to pull back on their training anyway. The core body temp and the exercise intensity go hand in hand. And you work with a heart rate monitor, or if you don't just yeah what's my number on a scale of one to ten and trying to keep it below a seven so that you can still talk in between sort of breath and then you also talk about I guess opening up to your trainers and kind of letting them know sorry some women want to keep it a secret until that 12 weeks mark you've got trainers like you're saying who are like come on Taylor I know you've got more in you or like normally you squat this much and you're only doing this but if you were to go into a larger group fitness class and I was coming in to cover a regular mm-hmm. instructor and then you go at the start of class if anyone's pregnant or has an injury come and let me know and if I've never seen you before I might be like well no I don't know who you are I don't want to tell the rest of the class that I'm pregnant I'll just try and get by and do my own thing so that's why it's just really important for trainers and coaches to understand physiological changes and then why we need to modify them so that we can help empower women to keep moving at all stages of their pregnancy and that's also something I saw on your website yes you have things for expecting mothers but you also have things I know you already said it but I just want to reiterate you also have things for trainers So trainers can go to your website and actually just learn exactly what you said, but from a trainer standpoint, whereas like the average person like me probably wouldn't need to know. Exactly. And then your fourth point is hormonal changes. Yes. So the big one here, so the three key hormones for pregnancy are progesterone, estrogen, and relaxin. But the one that we want to give the main consideration to for exercise is relaxin. So when a woman falls pregnant, relaxin 
starts to be released throughout the body. And this hormone is responsible for the loosening of the ligaments um, and the muscles and the fibrous tissues. It's what helps the abdominals separate and lengthen as the baby grows in utero. It helps the baby pass through the bowel passage during pregnancy, sorry, during childbirth. There's the high risk of injury and overstretching. So if you normally participate in more dynamic styles of movement or sports and changing of direction and things like that, then the hormonal changes that are relaxing in the body is going to be an implication and we want to have more less dynamic style movements in addition to the emotional changes that can come with the hormones as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any tips you have for finding the right trainer? Yes, absolutely. So I think you have to think about what, what's your barrier to investing in a trainer initially. Is it the cost? Because it can be a lot of money and it sort of comes down to do we see the value? How do we know what we're going to get what we pay for? So financially, it can always be a bit of a barrier. And then understanding what your goals are as well. So are you training for a triathlon or a marathon or are you, do you want to lose, you know, like how many kilos or pounds or you've got a wedding or something coming up? So it's about, okay, well, what are your goals? And then trying to match your goals to a trainer. So it's about finding something that you have a bit of a connection with. So hopefully they could offer you like a free session or, a, you, know, you know, a discounted rate so that you can actually go and see if you are vibing with them. And then also looking at their qualifications as well, because so many people in the fitness industry, it's not highly regulated. So people might claim that they're this, that and the other. So finding someone that you connect with, obviously working within your budget, but then understanding their qualifications. And and that's probably the key thing. And would you recommend doing personal training or is working out in a group or a class kind of like CrossFit just as effective? I love small group training. I think it's amazing for that motivation, that emotional interaction and support. Like it, it makes fitness fun. But otherwise, group fitness is a great place to start. And personal trainers are great because they can help you build that confidence before you then go and hit the gym floor or a group fitness class. They can give you that. But there's also nothing like just jumping straight in the deep end, is there? So <laughs> there's no right or wrong. It's just about whether you'd prefer to work in that one-on-one setting or if you really you know want that group environment definitely every person's different right kind of like what you were saying so one might work for someone and the other might work for someone else absolutely and I come back to these four key elements of movement mindset nutrition and sleep so these are within our immediate control and they directly influence the other so the balance cycle is what I call it so an example would be if you don't sleep well you wake up your mental state's lowered you might feel groggy might have a bit of a headache you maybe didn't get to the gym because you turned off your alarm so you're just in that lowered mental state you're then less likely to exercise because you're tired you know you start to make those excuses and then because you're tired because you have an exercise just like okay well, let's have a third or fourth coffee I need some sugar as a pick-me-up okay I get home I need that glass of wine I need some alcohol yeah let's just get pizza for dinner so the way our, our mindset our food choices our movement all impact our quality of sleep that night and we wake the next morning feeling groggy and then the cycle kind of continues that makes so much sense whereas on the yeah yeah whereas if you sleep well or you get up because your alarm's gone off you know you feel better you're like you're more likely to exercise or train the exercise choices that in term generally promote better food choices you're not reaching for the afternoon sugar slump like you want to get to bed on time so you can get up the next day like it all acts to promote our quality of sleep and then the cycle can continue positively so it can be any of those elements so for me if I'm feeling like a bit of a dragon lady or I'm not being the best mum or wife that I can be so I need to step back and go what dominating and maybe it's that I haven't trained for two or three days and so I need to go for a run or go to the gym or do a workout in the backyard or maybe it's because my sleep's been really crappy and I need to make sure I'm getting to bed 
you know, by 9 p.m. every night to try and improve my quantity of sleep. So it's just about taking a step back and identifying what element's lacking, what element is dominating to help to improve that. So if you're listening, I want you to self-rate, like on a scale of 1 to 10, your nutrition, your movement, your mindset and your sleep for the past 48 hours. And then whichever element is like lowest down the scale, it starts to drag the others down as well. So you want to go, okay, well, my nutrition's really bad, so I'm going to work on that. Maybe it's that movement is what you need to work on because you haven't been exercising. Oh, okay, I'm going to exercise more. It's like, no, when I get home at 5 p.m., I'm going to go for a walk around the block. Or tomorrow I'm setting an alarm and getting up at 7 a.m. to go for a bike ride. So just really small things you can implement straight away to help to positively impact that cycle. So here are some fun facts about pregnancy from Healthline.com. The longest recorded pregnancy was 375 days in 1945. The oldest recorded woman to have a baby was 66 years old. Blood volume in the body increases 40 to 50% and by the third trimester, a developing baby can recognize their mother's voice from inside the womb. This fun fact segment was brought to you by Vagaro that you talked about on your Instagram about balance and how you do it is that it's about how you talk to yourself for you like whenever you feel like you can't you know you tell yourself like your inner voice that you can yeah movement is and how you move your body nutrition is the quality like the food you're eating sleep is quality and quantity of and then your mindset is like your mood like what your inner dialogue saying what mindset you're operating from whether it's a growth or a fixed mindset and so often like we need to be aware of what we're saying because what we think we become, like our thoughts impact our outcomes, either positively or negatively. So whether we think we can or we can't, you know, we know that saying, if you think you can, you can. So if you often say, oh, I can't, I can't do this or I don't have the time. It's about, or I have to get to the gym. That's the big one. I have to, I have to go work out. No, I get to, you know, like I, I want to. It's about changing the little, you know, the wording. The more you say it, the more you're going to believe it. And then if you get to the gym and there's burpees on the board, you think, oh, I hate burpees because you've already said that. How you perceive that effort's going to be harder 100%. because you said, oh, I hate burpees. Whereas if you go, this is going to improve my ability, like I'm going to get better at, or, you know, I can improve my cardiovascular fitness, things like that. And again, you might not believe it, but the more you say it, the more you will. And Because I used to think that self-talk was all like looking in the mirror and saying, I'm beautiful. I love you. And I used to think it was so fluffy and I was like, I'm not a fan. <laughs> the power of self-talk and positive affirmations is just insane. Like even looking at vegetables and fruit, like, oh, I don't like bell peppers or I don't like broccoli. And it's like, no, this is nourishing for my body. Changing that mindset. The more you say it, the more you believe it. Yeah. That was really good. I like that. And then what about breastfeeding tips? Breastfeeding tips that we should know. Yeah. So if breastfeeding is the goal of yours, there's lots of things that can impact the successfulness of breastfeeding. But often once women have their babies, they want to get their pre-baby body back or they can't wait to get back to exercise or get back to their size, whatever they were before baby. But it's really important to understand if breastfeeding is your goal, calorie restriction and excess exercise aren't going to be our friends. To, in order to establish a really good supply of breast milk and feeding, we want to make sure that you're managing stress. It's getting enough leak, which isn't always going to be possible depending on your children or what your baby. But quality and quantity of sleep is huge. So stress, sleep, hydration, and then making sure that we're actually eating to fuel our body. 
which is then going to fuel our baby. So, yeah, I, I always talk about the importance of dieting and calorie restriction for pregnancy is a big no-no. So dieting can wait. Take this time to focus on your postnatal recovery. So fuel yourself with healthy, whole, nutritious food, and that in turn is going to fuel the baby. And just that whole talk around pre-baby body and bouncing back, we need to throw that dialogue out the window because this is our post-baby body now. So no diets while you're breastfeeding. Yeah. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. So when you're breastfeeding, you need, you need anywhere between like 200 to 500 additional calories per day. So some women might breast say, oh, I, I lost all my weight because I was breastfeeding. But on the other hand, some women won't drop their weight until they stop breastfeeding. Everyone's just different. But because we're fueling our baby, we need to fuel ourselves. Well, we did talk about prenatal, but let's also talk a little bit more about postpartum. Kind of like you just mentioned, there's so much stigma that expecting mothers and mothers after birth just bounce back to their weight. And sometimes that's just not reality. How is that normal? And any advice you can give to postpartum moms who are not feeling motivated or having a rough time getting back? Yes. Well, I, I hear you and I see you and you are doing a great job if you're listening. But I think we just really need to change that dialogue around that pre-baby body and removing that pressure that mums may feel about bouncing back post-baby. I mean, I felt that pressure, but whether it's real or we often put that pressure on ourselves to look a certain way. And for me, being in the fitness industry, I was like, oh, I'm going to need to, you know, like I think all trainers can relate that they need to look a certain way to be in the fitness industry and things like that. But yeah, it's absolute bull dust and no, you don't. Because the reality is, is that once you've carried a pregnancy and had a baby, Maybe you're changed mentally, you're changed physically, you're changed spiritually. Like it's now your post-baby body. But that's not to say that you're not going to be strong again, you're not going to be fit again, you're not going to love your body or hit personal best because you absolutely can and will. But it's just about not falling into that comparison trap, which is so easy to do with mother's groups or friends or your mummy bloggers that you see on social media. If that's triggering for you, unfollow, jump back on there later on once you are in a better spot with yourself and your body image and self-esteem because that comparison trap can be nasty and I think because mums are vulnerable like that we're desperate for a quick fix we're desperate for some sleep we're desperate to feel more like ourselves so they don't know where to turn to for the right advice so maybe it is you know looking at something that's not really credible on Instagram which might actually be more damaging for their postnatal recovery and things like that so just changing that dialogue forget the pre-baby body and you know not rushing back to exercise and trying to drop that weight you have to think about 10 months you know for that pregnancy give yourself at least a year you know before you start going okay I need to look a certain way absolutely exercise in that year but don't think you need to look pre-pregnant you know by the nine month mark and then anything that the mother is listening to this do to feel more motivated because you know the lack of sleep kind of like what you're saying you're, the four things after having a baby you're not sleeping that well right and that's going to affect what you eat and so on and so on so any advice you have to stay motivated yeah absolutely quality over quantity so maybe you did like 60 minute gym sessions or fitness classes pre-baby if you're a mother like your time is now not an infinite resource something is better than nothing this is your new normal now but just to take what you can get them in the stroller and go for a walk outside find a program that you can do online because that way you don't have to think about what you're doing you're just going to have to look at the program and go this is what I'm doing today but also finding a friend or a buddy like we say before group fitness classes crossfit etc is great because it has that accountability and that emotional interaction and support and as a mum the four walls of your house can get really small if you're spending all day there so yeah we just don't want to be rushing back to exercise or to inappropriate exercise too soon and I know that in the states if you haven't seen a women's health or continent physiotherapist like that can really help you understand what's going on with your pelvic floor um, making sure there's no 
um, underlying risk factors there for your return to your higher impact style of training down the track. So I just, I try and tell my clients not to worry about the weight at all. Like again, because you hear the analogy, you know, it was nine or 10 months to grow a baby. Give yourself that much time to get back to, you know, your pre-pregnancy size. But nine months isn't really a long time. And again, and I'm almost at my 12 month mark with my third pregnancy. And I was like, there's no way I, I wasn't exercising as regularly as I'd like to be nine, nine months postpartum. Like it's, it's so individual and nine months isn't really a long time. So mm-hmm. yeah, you've just got to give your body and your mind time to heal and like reprogramming the way you think and understanding that this is life now and about not feeling defeated, but knowing that there's tools and resources and programs out there that can help support you on your journey and just yeah, taking day by day. And again, quality over quantity, something's better than nothing and trying not to think about the weight because our body changes throughout pregnancy and you might not get back into those clothes and that's okay it doesn't mean you're not going to be fit or strong or have a you know banging body or or love how you look again (laughs) definitely definitely well Brooke before we wrap up we're going to play a quick game I was excited slash nervous for this here we go (laughs) (laughs) okay here we go would you rather have triplets or three separate pregnancies back to back triplets I had to do three because I know you have three babies so I was like I have to (laughs) okay would you rather have an epidural or a natural birth natural would you rather crave a food you usually hate or a food that's super unhealthy Uh, unhealthy would you rather give birth in a train or give birth on an airplane gosh a train would you rather have morning sickness for the entire pregnancy or bad back pain for the entire pregnancy back pain would you rather find out spontaneously you're eight months pregnant today or have a two-year-long pregnancy eight months would you rather be surprised on the gender or know the whole time surprise would you rather have perfect hair during your pregnancy or perfect skin skin okay last one if you couldn't make it to the hospital would you rather have your husband deliver your baby or your parent deliver your baby husband he's pretty well versed now (laughs) i was like after the third one he's seen it all well you did super good it's always fun when I'm making up these questions I'm like how far is too far like because I don't really know the people like I don't want to ask like bad questions where they're like this girl but well Brooke you brought so much insight like I said there's not a lot of podcasts that talk about fitness and being pregnant and I feel like you have broken the barrier and you know thank you for coming on and being so open and honest with us thank you so much for having me and for for helping share the conversation and to get this out there and yeah I think it's really going to be beneficial to a lot of women out there listening 100% 100% and again thank you so much I'm so sorry that it was so early for you but I really really appreciate it and I can't wait for this episode to drop me too thank you so much Taylor bye have a wonderful day and I'll be in touch with you Brooke yes okay bye bye sounds good thank you Bye. bye our goal is to always give you the content you didn't know you needed to know and to make sure you're always on point I'm Taylor Burke thank you for listening